The New Testament is full of teaching about forgiveness, especially the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus' life and teaching and ministry, as well as his death, burial, and resurrection are recorded for us. We can hear Jesus tell thought-provoking parables, challenging us to see those wrongs we commit against each other as debts that need to be forgiven. We hear him giving practical instruction how every time we pray we need to forgive. We hear him preach challenging commands to love even our enemies, to turn the other cheek when someone's abusing us, to be merciful and kind to each other the way God is to us though we are so evil and ungrateful so much of the time. Yet Jesus didn't just teach these things. He also did them. As we see in his lowest of moments during the crucifixion in Luke chapter 23, beginning with verse 32, where we read two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching. But the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. Did you hear that? Talk about famous last words. Some of the final statements that Jesus made before he died were statements forgiving. Forgiving not only those who had wronged him, but forgiving those who were wronging him. He didn't say, Father, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And as the story unfolds, we see even after Jesus uttered those difficult, gracious, merciful, kind words, they kept abusing. Jesus forgave people that not only had hurt him, he forgave them while they were hurting him. How? How could he do that? Oftentimes, I think even as followers of Jesus, we have a temptation when reading examples like this from him to think, well, that's Jesus. He is God's sinless son can do that, but there's no way I could. Yet, when we recognize here that what Jesus is doing is exactly what he'd been teaching in those parables, in that practical instruction, it's exactly what he'd been commanding in those powerful sermons he preached, he's showing us what it looks like for a flesh and blood human being to put into practice what he taught. He's showing us what it looks like for a human being to live up to what God created us for, to be in his image and likeness. And he's kind. He's merciful. Even though we're so ungrateful, even though we're so evil. And as Jesus does this, he also shows it how 
it's possible. Because when you and I are being hurt, isn't it fair to say that our focus so often goes to the pain itself? That our focus goes to the one inflicting the pain and how wrong of them that was, how unjust it was. And we're not wrong. Forgiveness doesn't mean we have to deny that something hurts. It doesn't mean that we have to pretend that something that was evil actually wasn't. Everything about this scene showcases humanity's capacity for sin. It shows how truly evil we can be. Jesus's forgiveness doesn't negate any of that. Yet he shows us a different focus. A focus on the Father. Not on the pain. Not on the injustice, but on the Father, on doing his will. He shows us a focus that seeks to see even those people that are hurting the way that God sees them, as people that have wandered astray, as people that don't even realize how off base they are, as people that need light to shine into their darkness, as people that need to change directions, people that God wants to be reconciled to. We see Jesus deciding that he doesn't want his pain. He doesn't want the injustice of what they're doing to him to keep them from the opportunity to be right with God. He releases them from that. He's not going to hold a grudge. He's not going to allow bitterness or resentment to take hold of his heart. Even though what they're doing is wrong, he's going to release it to God's hand, and he's going to hope that maybe, just maybe, they'll find their way to it. And he doesn't want the wrong that they committed to keep them from being able to be in God's presence because he knows that's what God wants. Even while they're being so cruel to him, even while they're abusing him so terribly, Jesus forgave. And we're not just meant to know that he did that. We're meant to see in what he did the culmination of everything that he said and taught to us as his followers. We're meant to see a model, an example that we should follow in his steps so that in those moments when we are hurt, when we are being hurt and are hurting, we might know where to put our focus. We might know how to release our burdens, to put it in God's hand, to have forgiveness be something that first and foremost takes place between us and God in prayer. If we will follow Jesus to that place with wide open hearts. Something powerful will begin to happen that will change the lives of everyone around, whether they realize it at that moment 